And welcome back to Mixed Media Live. This is our weekly live stream, weekly live show. Uh, we are here every Friday at 7 p.m. And what we do is we discuss all things art, pretty much, you know, mixed media. We come from different uh, perspectives. I'm a filmmaker. Uh, Nathan's a gaming person and other stuff. And uh, Ben's a music person. And we all talk about popular topics contentious topics, philosophical topics, pretty much anything you can think of. So if you are interested in such things, I highly recommend you check our catalog. If you're in the car, we are a podcast, so you can listen to us audio only. Uh, save that precious data while you're driving. And uh, yeah, with that, uh, I guess we'll introduce my, ourselves. So my name is Irving. I am a filmmaker and media entrepreneur. I own a company called Ariella. Um, you can check out my website at ariella.co. How about you, Nathan? I'm Nathan. I'm a uh, game designer, uh, or game developer, I guess, and uh, 3D modeler. Yeah, and uh, if you want to be part of the podcast, all you have to do is chat. So just uh, hit us up in the chat. We're monitoring live. We want you to be part of the conversation as we talk about our different topics for the day. Um, we have a lot of fun doing that. I love when people are uh, really engaging with what we're talking about. We had some awesome people last time show up, and we had a, we had a genuinely good time. Uh, so hit us up in the comments if you want to add your two cents to anything We'll totally address it. Also, to the that side of the screen, <laughs> there is a live whiteboard. So if you comment that you want whiteboard access, if you want whiteboard access, we will give it to you. And you can doodle on that thing while we're live on the stream. If you want to pass us notes that way, or if you would just want to create your own digital art right now, we can drop you a link, uh, a temporary link to that whiteboard. And... Uh, you'll be able to draw live. Uh, anything else? Did I miss anything, Nathan, before we start? Uh, no, I think that's pretty much it. Cool. So it uh, looks like your uh, topic is up first, just uh, from what the uh, the editor decided to load up. So uh, you want to go first? All right, sure. Um, well, that's quite the uh, blown up Steam logo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> All right, so my... Uh, Topic is uh, on um, the gaming industry and whether or not it's oversaturated with games. So, yeah, let's get into it. So the generally perceived problem is that there are too many games in the market and there's not enough demand to keep up with uh, the amount of games that there are. So for reference, uh, let's see. In the last week, 193 games were released on Steam alone. Steam's quality control isn't very vigorous at all. As compared to other sources, this is a very extreme example. So uh, for example, on a console, you can't just put a game on it like you can on Steam. Uh, it can cost about a thousand dollars to like, you know, you have to apply for uh, the ability to do so. You have to apply for the uh, uh, the SDK ability. You have to get a special console that like lets you do development stuff and whatever, uh, all that good stuff. So yeah, it can cost you about you know roughly a thousand dollars. It's cheaper if it's your second time, or you know, once you do it one time, it's cheaper because it's certain things you only pay for one time ever. Then you're good, and they uh, you know to make sure that yeah, your uh, your game isn't potato. So yeah, you know, obviously. On consoles, a lot there gonna be a lot of those games because not everyone's gonna shell out a thousand dollars to, you know, push something that's like a maybe a small passion project, something like that they don't expect to gain much traction. And uh, the Epic Games Store has uh, 471 games on it as of the beginning of this year, 2021, which means that in two weeks, Steam gets as many games as Epic Games Store has in total. Um, wow. And I guess you can sort of tell like 
how crazy that is because you know i've used the other game store i never feel like i'm running like there's like a lack of content you know i'm always like oh look at that it's a new game on the, on the, on the front page i've never seen before you know that's kind of crazy uh, so I pulled a quote from uh, the Epic, Epic Games. It says, in, in regards to their store, we are prioritizing developers who have flexibility and timing and willingness to work through the early phases of a store with us. We consider many other factors as well, so there is no set formula. So this is specifically referring to how they choose what games go on it. So it's not just any game, anybody who's willing to spend the money, they handpick every single game. Well, I guess you apply, and from there they pick uh, you know, what games they think are, should be let through. And that's why they only have 471 games on their platform. And uh, it's, you know, but a few, it's been it's been years <laughs> since they started. Um, for Steam, so the process to do it has uh, changed over time. Currently, it'll probably change again. Currently, how it is, it's called Steam Direct. You pay a one-time fee. I don't know what it is currently. It used to be a hundred dollars. I don't know if they changed it or not. And that essentially gives you access to Steamworks, which is something that I don't even I don't know. Just lets you do stuff. So I know <laughs> lets you do Steam stuff. But essentially, you need the <laughs> you need to pay that hundred dollar fee and put things on Steam. From there. Uh, all you have to do is uh, submit it to Steam for a review and they have to check, you know, make sure it uh, follows certain rules. For example, you can't make it so that the game is free and then they, they once they download it, they have to pay to, like, continue playing it, right? That's not allowed. So they have to make sure, oh, I have to make sure it's not malware, stuff like that. <laughs> they do that kind of check and they're done. So the barrier to entry is, you know, as long as you make a game, essentially it's $100. So yeah, that, that's the uh, generally perceived problem. And uh, so the reason why it's a problem is because then it becomes hard to sell your games, right? Make the greatest game in the world, and uh, no one might, no one may buy it because there's so many other options and fighting for your attention. So yeah, that, that's the argument we're going to talk about. So this is mostly a problem for like the indie dev space, right? Like obviously this is if this is a, a real thing, then AAA studios it would affect them too because people would be buying other games. You know, they definitely have traction, right? They have uh, big audiences that purchase their game anyway. It's more of a problem for new starting, uh, new indie devs that are starting out, right? who uh, are trying to gain that audience and it might be hard for them because people are just looking at other things. So how is it possible to compete as a low budget indie dev? Uh, I think it's essentially, based on these numbers, impossible to compete at the same level at the as the uh, other indie developers, right? You're making a similar game to them, or it doesn't be similar, rather similar in quality, I guess I should say. There's nothing that's gonna differentiate you from the rest of the games, right? You're gonna become one of the other 193 that were released that week and it's not gonna be a big deal, right? So what can you do to step up your level? Um, making a better game will work, right? <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> that, that's one thing. But obviously, you know, certain, there are certain great games that just get lost into Steam, right? So it's definitely a good first step, right? You want to you wanna, you wanna beat out your competition in terms of quality because out of those 193 games, how many of them are actually good, right? <laughs> Probably not many is my guess. Um, and we'll get into that, why I think that later. I think the real solution here is better marketing, right? So this is the thing that your game can do for free that other games likely don't take advantage of, a lot of them, right? Obviously, I'm talking about other indie games, AAA games, of course, market because they know it works. Indie game developers may not do such things. So a lot of people think that, you know, put your game on Steam, Steam will put it on their front page, and if people buy it, you are not getting on the front page of Steam unless you advertise yourself first. Yeah, yeah things are algorithmically done on the Steam front page, so it's not like someone, as far as I'm aware, handpicks what game goes on it. Uh, you can't pay to go on it as far as I'm aware. Um, so you have to actually get the, the, the advertising beforehand. You know, if you get a bunch of people to add your game to their wish list, 
um, then I'll be front paged when it gets released. All right, so uh, let's do a little case study, right? So I am subscribed to something, and I would recommend other game developers to subscribe to it, called the ICO Steam Newsletter. It's ICO Steam Newsletter. Right? You just look it up, and it's free. And all it does is every week, it shows you the games that were released, right? That's how I know the 193 games were released on Steam Figure. It, yeah, just lists them out, and it shows them in order of how many reviews they've gotten. Within that, within that one week. So obviously games that are released uh, later in the week, they're going to have a, you know, a disadvantage in that. But uh, you can get a general sense of how things are going, right? And sort of trends in games that are coming out and stuff like that. I can tell you a lot of simulated games coming out. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, I don't know if they're doing well necessarily, but uh, people are making them. Uh, and I get why, because there's some simulated games that sort of took off recently, and I guess people were like, oh, I can what do is, that too. So. What is the one with a vibrant esport community? Is that like farming simulator or something like that? Or is it an esport uh, community? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a there's a big sim. It's actually a pretty a larger community than I think. I think it's like either farming simulator or, or something like that. Farming yeah. simulator is definitely large. It might be like one of the larger of the you know X simulator insert year here. You know, one of the that, that genre of game. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's an it has an esports community. <laughs> Wow. Okay, I didn't know the thing, but uh, he has Power Wash Simulator that uh, that recently took off. So uh, yeah, I, I didn't know that was a thing either. Yeah, uh, that's that's the recent that's the recent simulator. <laughs> the way I'm looking at this is, yeah, I went to this. So my my purpose of going to this newsletter, uh, it would, it's great that it actually came in handy here <laughs> that I was subscribed, because uh, you can't just go to the website and, and like it won't show you the list. You have to actually subscribe to them, and they'll give it out to you every week, right? So if we didn't subscribe to it, we'd be able to have uh, gotten the info for this uh, episode. So it shows you the amount of reviews on it, but it orders it in the number of view, reviews, right? And we'll say that uh, the number of views and the number of buys are going to be correlated in such a way that it's all in order in terms of buys. This might not be the actual you know, truth, but close enough for, this, for, 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 uh, for the purpose of this. So top game on the list is a game called, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Naraka Blade Point? I don't know. Uh, 16,000 reviews in one week. That's pretty insane, right? And so, okay, what made this game successful, right, out of the 193 uh, games? Well, for one, it was published by a company called NetEase, which is a already known publisher, pretty large. They have lots of money. <laughs> I am most certainly did extensive marketing on this thing. Uh, in fact, the game was covered by CNBC before it even launched because it was published by NetEase, just for the fact that this is the publisher, right? This is the kind of uh, publicity they have. Uh, and it's also covered by uh, other large gaming news sources on release. So that just explains that. There is also, uh, the next one on the list was Car Mechanic Simulator 2021. This had 3,000 reviews, so I already see we're really dipping in reviews here <laughs> very fast. Uh, published by a company called Playway SA. Now, they are a relatively not large publisher, I guess. They are a, actually, I would say they're established, right? They're not going anywhere, but they're not like humongous, right? But I think the more important thing in this scenario is that uh, Car Mechanic Simulator is already a series. So Car Mechanic Simulator 2018 was the one prior. It was the first one. So this is 2021 is only the second one. And that had 35,000 reviews. So getting 3,000 reviews on the first week for the sequel is really not something that would be unexpected, right? So... Currently, we have here is that you know the ways to be successful, at least in your first week, are to either have a big publisher behind you, which makes a lot of sense because that means they believe in you and they have the resources and they're marketing for you, and uh, as well, you know, also if you had a successful first game, people are gonna be like, oh, your second game is probably gonna be pretty good too, right? Even if it's not, at least they'll try it out and see how it goes. 
And uh, because it's a sequel, it's also covered by many large gaming news sources on release. Next one on the list is Metro Simulator. Uh, it has 600 reviews. Remember the last one at 3,000, so we're dipping down a lot faster again. Uh, it's a self-published game, so there's no publisher behind it. That can't be the reason for success. Uh, it's at least the, the studio is called Kish Mish Games. Now, on Steam, this is the first game they ever released. You know, obviously they could have released games other in other places. I'm just gonna assume first game they ever released. At least they're new to it. At least what I would assume, right? Oh, sorry, no, I'm getting these companies confused. Now, these guys produce a lot of games. None of them are very popular. Many of them have mixed reviews on Steam. Many of them have negative reviews on Steam. Metro Simulator actually has positive reviews on Steam. Uh, and I got sort of fooled. I was like, I was like, okay, so maybe uh, you know, I'll look into this. What, what made it successful, right? Did they do a lot of marketing or something like that? Um, as far as I know, no. <laughs> so the uh, thing is, I didn't see is that on the side of Steam. So Ico, I should, I should, I should have prefaced this by saying Ico Steam newsletter. It'll tell you when the game is released, but it won't show you games that are released early access, only games that are properly released. And if the game goes into early access, from early access to a proper release date, it'll, it'll notify you of that, right? So it only tells you when games are officially released, right? even if you can technically play it beforehand. So I saw that the game had actually been out since 2019. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, in early access, and they just made it an actual officially released game. I Classic. mean, I think that can tell you about the quality of the company. If they finally got around to it and if they had negative reviews on other games. Uh, in fact, from the past month, there are only 15 reviews. So, uh, hey, yeah, well, that, that's sort of the... Uh, huh? Well, they, they learned from uh, the world-class company of Mojang. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, you know, they, they sold their, uh, their, their... Was it just out of beta or was it still in beta when they sold it to Microsoft? Uh, oh, I, I, <laughs> I actually watched a, uh, I watched a uh, part of a um, video game developers club in my school. They had this thing, this uh, thing where they we watched uh, together on a stream, a little documentary about uh, essentially the creation of Minecraft. I remember Notch was still there when it was released, I believe. I don't know mm. if that was like just like and then he was gone. You know what I'm saying? Like he just the the deal was that he would be there until it was released, and then it's Minecraft, and then it's a uh, Microsoft's. Um, yeah, but yes, it was certainly uh, <laughs> certainly ju- just <laughs> brought it out of uh, bought it out of beta. I was like, all right, here, you can have it now. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah, the uh, didn't, didn't really work well for them. Six hundred views in uh, two years, a little more based on the month. But yeah, okay. So then you know after seeing this, I was like, oh okay, I need to be mindful when I'm looking through this list. That these games aren't like this, right? Where they're in early access for a really long time, and then released a little bit later, right? It's sort of a inorganic way of showing that there's like a lot of reviews in a week, right? But it's not actually the case. So I didn't bother to go ahead and uh, look at the first two games again. It was like, nah, they're probably just successful because they're publishers, right? <laughs> um, and the relevant news that was going around about them and stuff like that, and uh, the fact that the, the car mechanic simulator had a uh, predecessor, I think that's enough to, to just say, yeah, that, that's why. Um, so I just skipped to the uh, next item on the list that was actually released within the week uh, properly. And this game called Patron, uh, and it was. Someone, I watched a YouTuber, and he said he didn't know it was pronounced, but it was spelled like the word Patron. So I don't know if like there's something in the game that makes him think it's not like that. Uh, the company is not based in, in a native English-speaking country, I believe. So maybe that's why. Maybe it is. I'm just going to say Patron, because that's how spelled. Uh, 526 reviews. <clears throat> that's pretty good for a week. Self-published again by Overseer Games. This is their first game on Steam. This is the company that uh, I was meant to be referring to before. And uh, immediately I saw, yeah, I was like, okay, 
this is going to be the one I'm going to look into and you know how they actually got successful. And uh, it was pretty evident uh, like from the start, right? The developers are just good at, uh, at marketing. That's, that's what I found. And also, you know, obviously, I assume the game is good as well. Uh, so on the Steam page, so this is a feature they added a good while ago. You know, it's new technically in the relative to the entire lifespan of Steam, but it's definitely not new in terms of like, it wasn't like yesterday or a couple of weeks ago or whatever. Uh, a feature on Steam where it'll show people who are live streaming the game currently. You can live stream to Steam essentially. And on the, on the uh, store page of the game, it'll show that live stream. Which is pretty cool, actually. The developer himself was streaming the game. I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. That's a great way, right? Like you open the Steam page, the store page, and you don't have to you don't have to watch the trailer. You can watch the developer playing it himself while he's talking about the game and answering people's questions about the game, right? That's pretty smart. A so, live uh, active uh, sales pitch. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Instead of you know having to watch the static trailer and you have questions and you can't get your questions answered because uh, they're not actually there you can talk to. Um so yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty smart. I never thought about that. I'm definitely gonna steal it at some point. Um, so the uh, developer had uh, 700 viewers watching him. Pretty nice. He wasn't just playing the game. He could have done that, and that would have been just an L, right? He actually talked about the game. He put it to use. Um, so yeah, it was great. So I went to check their uh, social media uh, platforms to see what kind of marketing they were doing there. So it's very evident to see which platforms are using a lot, heavily leaning into, and some of them are not so much, right? So Reddit, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty lax for them, but Twitter is uh, going pretty strong for them. On YouTube, they have, uh, I, I'll, you know, the first thing I checked is YouTube. I, uh, I sort of, I'm going to get to this later, but like YouTube is like probably the modern way to go about it, um, advertising your game, and I'll, I'll get to that later. But I went on YouTube and I searched Patreon. It's a generic word, mind you. So like. You can get, you know, you can definitely get very different things. Obviously, YouTube does change the search results based on what you like viewing, right? I live using my normal account, so I should know I'm, I know I like gaming and whatever. So you're gonna skew it. But the first thing wasn't actually the game. First thing was I think some like song that came out like six hours ago from like a popular person. So understandable how that came up came out first. Uh, second thing was actually Patreon the game. Uh, in fact, it was a stream. It was like a record. was the bottom of a stream that a YouTuber named Raptor had uh, put out. Raptor is a pretty big streamer. Uh, he is a little less than a million subscribers, so that's pretty crazy for you know someone to stream your game of that size. Yeah. Uh, and well, immediately what I thought was, hmm, I wonder if they gave him the, the game for free, right? Like pretty smart yeah. move. So I watched. I watched the stream. I checked the description of the stream first to see if you know he's like disclaimer. I got this game for free, or whatever. I didn't see anything there. I watched the first part of the stream. He didn't say he got it for free, but he said he got 30 keys to give away. And I was like, oh, that is very smart. <laughs> yeah. What better way? Like, that's like a win-win for both the content creator and the developer, right? The content creator can draw people in by saying, I have 30, 30 free keys to give away on a stream. Come here if you, you know, come watch the stream. You have to watch the stream. You don't know when I'm going to give it away, right? So you have to actually actively watch the stream. And uh, yeah, it makes you happy because you're like, oh, great. You know, my if, you, if you're already watching already, you're like, oh, great. My, uh, my streamer is, uh, you know, has a chance to give me a, a key. How generous of a guy, whatever, right? Um, great for the content creator. You know, the only way that I can see, you know, you're not doing that is if you, you know, actively dislike the game. It was like, you know, garbage. But as I said before, this all hinges on you having a good game. That's like step one. So, uh, yeah, that was a pretty big brain move. And, you know, obviously it's the winner for the developer because even though I guess he potentially lose out on 30 sales, 
he gets the audience of a 1 million subscriber YouTuber, which I think outweighs it significantly. And you've also potentially got people who are going to tell him, hey, please make more of this content late in the future, right? And so what's going to happen is that's going to be perpetuated and keep going and keep, keep generating sales. It's worth noting that that wasn't the first time I played the game, so the streamer had found the game before I played it once. So I wonder if he ever intended to play a second time or the 30 keys made him you know, play it the second time. Uh, either way, the devs saw him playing the game and they were like, oh, you can help me there. <laughs> Your 30 keys. And uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty smart. Uh, it was actually the... the, the um, there was Steam was doing a thing where they were showcasing a bunch of demos of uh, games that were in alpha uh, or beta or whatever, and they're all free, right? And so I guess sort of, so you sort of could give uh, the developers... You know, some feedback, whatever. Uh, I guess I don't know some some Steam event, whatever, wherever they wanted to do it, right? <laughs> uh, that's actually how um, they they did that, um, and that's how the YouTuber found them. So that's pretty smart, I guess. And from there, many other YouTubers onto it, right? Like once you get one big YouTuber like that onto it, you know, there's gonna be a ton of other people who are like, oh, I watched that guy, and also YouTuber. Maybe this is gonna start a trend, and maybe I just actually like the game, whatever, whatever for a reason, and they start making their own content based on the game. So uh, yeah. Then I checked uh, Reddit, and as I said before, there's not much on it. They have their own subreddit, but it's you know it's like the most uploaded thing is like seven uploads. It's like <laughs> it's not a big deal. Uh, but they do have links to all their other social media there. So they have a Discord. Um, I peeped in there for like a moment, and I was like, all right, it's probably it's probably nothing uh, of interest here, uh, that much interest. So I just left that. I uh, checked their Twitter, and uh, yeah, it's definitely a gold mine of stuff there. So they're doing what I would have done with Reddit, actually. And uh, I guess I would have done with Reddit because I don't use Twitter. So I guess this I guess actually makes a lot of sense with Twitter because, uh, you know, it's like you don't need, you know, short messages, but you can also put videos, right? It's kind of weird, right? So you can have yeah. like <laughs> the message you can, messages you can make, make out of text are extremely short. But, you know, if you just use videos instead, right, then you're able to like dominate everyone else in, in terms of how many, you know, what, the meaning of what you're saying actually, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, on Twitter they had 247 tweets in the past five months. Uh, five months is a pretty good time for marketing, right? They seem to be marketing while they're developing the game, which is I think also smart, right? So as you make progress, it gives you something to say, right? So if you already finished the game, you don't really have much to say. You're not going to be able to generate 247 tweets off of just the final product, probably. <laughs> so if you're able to be like, okay, you know, oh I gray boxed this level or whatever, that's one tweet. Hey, I added some, you know, some like rudimentary uh, assets to this level. All right, here's the process for making this asset, whatever, whatever, and it's going to compound. You might get dozens of tweets out of like just one concept or whatever, right? Um, and uh, you know, people like that sort of sense of progression, right? So I think I think the thing on like the meta on Reddit is to like say like, you know, um, uh, this is my first X, right? That's yeah. like sort of like something yeah. that'll generate a lot of uh, of votes. For sure. Um, so we do stuff like 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 accomplishments, right? And people might you know be like, oh, it's great, you know, let me support you or whatever. Other than just saying it's done, um, which is also a great accomplishment as well. But it's only one. It's only one accomplishment, and it might be technically the greatest of all accomplishments, but it doesn't mean that people are gonna see it like that. If you get what I'm saying. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah, they gave you know, progress updates like that, and they gave a pretty highly representative footage. You know, one of the worst things I've ever seen in uh, video games marketing is like when trailers are just bad, right? The trailer doesn't really show you what is you're playing, right? So the way I think trailers trailer should be, you know, structured is in such a way that I've, you want to have like the core mechanic shown off, right? And it needs to leave the person who's watching it like sort of imagining what's going to happen, right? So 
it's just something that's kind of weird in a way. It's like, is this actually a good thing to do? As in, like, is it the right thing to do? Um, it's like, are you misleading your audience necessarily? And sort of like uh, keeping it vague. And you know, you're telling your, I guess not vague. That's not what I'm trying to say. Is you show you show your uh, viewer something, but people tend to think the game's any better than it actually is, right? So take Cyberpunk 2077, right? All you show is those, all you show is some footage, and people say, oh, like. I bet you'd be able to do this thing, you'd be able to do this thing, and this thing, and this thing, or whatever. You know, obviously that's an extreme case for that game, and you know, there are some promises that the, that uh, CD Projekt Red never made, but people are just like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if you know, it'd be like this, you know, whatever. Yep. Comparing it to games in a similar genre um, and stuff like that, and like, well, they can do that, and so this game should be able to do that, right? Um, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a bit of mass hysteria. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's an extreme case, but uh, I don't know. Let's take like I don't know. Let's say oh, okay. Let's take, let's take Battlefield for example, right? The new Battlefield twenty forty two that's coming out, right? Like you know, like maybe saying, oh great, you know, this is gonna be cool. I'm gonna be able to do those epic things. Yes, there'll be epic moments, but those will not be the majority of your moments. You know, those are sort of like the this is like the icing on top, right? It happens occasionally. It doesn't happen too much, and it's great when it happens. It's yeah. not gonna be all this like action packed stuff all the time, you know. Um, but people might fill themselves with that kind of expectation because uh, they're just sort of optimistic in a way, right? Um, letting their imagination run free. So, you know, trailers that do that are good trailers. Whether it's the right thing to do, I don't, I don't know. I guess that's up for debate. But it's, it's just, it's definitely bad when the trailer doesn't even like show you what's interesting at all. But yeah, my point here, anyways, was that on Twitter they were showing highly representative footage of what they were doing. Yeah, uh, they showed um, like new aspects of the game and every single thing with their progress updates. Like, oh, look at the progress on the city building aspects part of it. Yeah, look at like the art here and stuff like that. That is a great way of sort of expanding content, but not in a way that you're you know making nothing. If you get what I'm saying, right? You're not. It's not like it's not like those YouTube videos that are supposed to be two minutes, but they stretch it out to ten minutes because that's the meta, right? Like it's like. It actually makes sense for it to be this long. They just put more stuff in it, right? And that's great. So yeah, most releases on Steam will not do any of that. Uh, you know, if you just look at the, if you just subscribe to the ICO newsletter and you just look at the games and you just pick randomly, like you know, you're gonna see some really bad trailers. You're gonna look at the game, you're gonna find not a single social media post about it. Maybe one on like I don't know Reddit saying, "Hey, I made this game. Please buy it." And it's like that's not enough. <laughs> you're gonna get like. You know, if your game is really cool, maybe you'll get a lot of posts, maybe you'll get a lot of attention, whatever. But if your game is, you know, even above average, or whatever, you know, some luck involved here too, right? So you can even have a good game and just doesn't hit the algorithm correctly, right? This is why you have to keep doing it because you might not hit the algorithm correctly once, but if you just keep doing it over and over and over again, right? Eventually, it has to, it has to, you know, as long as you're making your content correctly, as long as your game's good. It has to be successful at some point. It has to pick up pick up speed, right? It's like the same thing with like YouTubers, right? YouTubers don't just get formed overnight, right? Like big YouTubers, right? PewDiePie didn't wake up one day and was like, oh, look at this, a million subscribers, right? Like, you probably released a lot and a lot and a lot of videos before you even had like 100 subscribers, right? Or 200 or whatever. Um, yeah. And you can't expect to, you know, you know, w- win this sort of uh, race if you just never like put in that kind of effort, it's going to be hard, right? To, to pump out that kind of content consistently, especially while you're making the game, right? Um, I, obviously, if you can have someone else do it, like a, like a marketing person, that'd be better, but you know, we don't all have that kind of luxury. Um, so it's going to be hard, but it's something that you just have to do. You have to do it if you want to. You know, it's not risk-free. You can still have a game that flops. Your chances of flopping are significantly lower, right? 
um, you really have to get really lucky if your game's actually good and you actually marketed correctly. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, you know, some unforeseen consequences would have to happen there, um, and that'd be unfortunate. But uh, yeah, it's definitely the, the way to uh, maximize your uh, luck on that one. All right. So uh, in conclusion, this is just a case study. So obviously, you know, it's not necessarily representative of everything. Uh, and I was just like, you know, looking down the list and like clearly, there's a, clearly there's like a you know at least a pattern with the first few things. Even you know, if not necessarily everything, that might indicate that there is a pattern with everything. You know. Um, mm-hmm. If you want to know more about like uh, marketing something like that, there are there, there's so many, so many, so many GDC talks about marketing uh, from various people. And make sure you just want, you know, check the ones that you don't think are necessarily about marketing because sometimes they're not titled. Um, like maybe there's some marketing involved in the video, but uh, they don't title it like you know this is how you market your game or whatever, right? Uh, maybe something a bit more uh, ambiguous than that. Um, so if you're not sure what the GDC talk is about, I want to just click it, scrub through, and be like, is he talking about marketing? Uh, so yeah, watch it. Um, I will really, say, really, uh, huh? I will say, if you need uh, help, professional help, uh, you can also contact me at ariella.co. I do a whole bunch of stuff. My favorite is branding. In terms of uh, if you want to brand your gaming company, hit me up. I can give you uh, video ideas too. Uh, I can teach you content strategy. As a small plug for my company, and I'll uh, quit it now. <laughs> if, you, if you know if that's a bit too uh, daunting, you can just join our Discord server. We'll we'll be happy to for free tell for you, free. Hey, you know, some uh, some ideas. You know, there's some ideas your way. Maybe we'll uh, well if you you know whenever you release your game, or whatever, we'll review it on stream like we've done before with other games. So yeah, but uh, yeah, okay, plug over. <laughs> so um, uh, I was saying, yeah, this is just a case study. Uh, oh yeah, GDC talks. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's, there's one the really great one. I can't remember what it's called. I can't remember the guy's name who does it. But it's, uh, I think the thumbnail is, uh, it might be an image from Slime Rancher, because the guy who did the talk is, is one of the guys who worked for the company that uh, made Slime Rancher. It's a really good talk on, uh, it's not necessarily, it's not just marketing, it's it's a little bit more than that. It's more about, I would say, uh, it's, it's how to make your game live, right? So, sort of the way of the old was to have it such that, you know, your game sort of skyrockets in popularity the first day or two it's out three days first week is like you know is essentially like all the most of the you know uh, purchase you'll ever get and then from there it's plummets and you know so you essentially just expect to get all your revenue for the most part from that initial uh initial week right the way it is now that's not a very good strategy anymore um you know this is another thing i guess i can talk about later time i don't feel good about this necessarily but you know, i was leaning towards a more live service way where the game releases in an unfinished state and it's sort of uh, serviced upon continuously and people buy it as they go on as they feel like, oh, yeah, this game's now worth me buying, whatever. Uh, and they add, you know, even if it's like, you know, unfinished doesn't necessarily mean bad. It's just like that features plan that are just not in it yet, which is okay, whatever. Um, sometimes they are, you know, just bad games that are released. And they're like, oh, yeah, I'll make it better later. That's not good, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, the live state of service nature of this makes it so that your first week is no longer uh, as important. Of course, if your game, some games can't really be live service as well. You know, imagine a game like Portal 2, for example. I've like thought about this so much that this example is so easy for me to like just think of. <laughs> Portal <laughs> 2 wouldn't work very well in a lot. It would have to change. It definitely have to change in a live service state, right? Because the story is, it's a story game, right? The story is set, right? What, you know, as far as I'm aware, oh, actually I'm wrong. Let's say as far as I'm aware, there's no live service story driven game, but there is a, uh, 
The Walking Dead was a was, was a live service game. They kept adding on chapters as they uh, mm. as they kept going, which is interesting. So I guess yeah, that's what I'm saying. It had to change, right? You could have made Portal Two like that. Um, live service is you know somewhat less risky, which is I guess why it's so compelling for developers, even though they might have to do more work in the end because they don't have to make a whole game necessarily, right? You can make that first chapter of the game and then uh, see how people like it, and you can get feedback and you can change on how, change how you make the next chapters as you go on to uh, get better, hopefully, right? Yeah. And then, okay, this is, I'll just have to be another, I don't want to keep talking about this, it'll be another <laughs> uh, another episode on the pros and cons of live service games. Coming uh, soon. Yeah. <laughs> Might be the next one, honestly, considering, yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll make the next one. Uh, but yeah, uh, as I was saying before, like on this tangent, just a case study, but you know, you have to wonder how many people, you know, just finish a game jam, you know, make a game in a week, in a month or whatever, and they're like, all right, this is a pretty fun game, you know, maybe it is. Decide, let me put it on Steam, right? <laughs> Without like doing any marketing or anything like that, right? That's gonna you know take up some of that 193 per week of just yeah. There was just some some game jam that week or whatever, and uh, someone was like, yeah, sure, I'll put it on Steam. I think that's a or like a school project, whatever. It's just something like they made they finished the game for whatever reason doesn't matter. We think people would enjoy this, right? Maybe I'll make some passive income out of it, right? I'll, you know, like what's it gonna? How's it gonna hurt? You know, hundred dollars as long as like this twenty dollars. I stopped for twenty dollars. As long as five people buy it, I, you know, I, I break even, whatever. Uh, in actuality, they'll probably make zero sales because it's literally how, how no one's going to find it, right? <laughs> like, you can yeah. tell your friends, right? And assuming you didn't give them <laughs> free Steam keys, then, okay, maybe you'll recoup your money. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, that'd be a lot of the uh, the games there. And, uh, yeah, anything else? Um, oh, yeah, oh, even with the outside of that uh, audience, people who just made a game put it on, people who even, you know, are doing better and trying to make money out of it and stuff like that. They may not realize that marketing is something that they have to do, right? Because you know, when you're an indie developer, you have to wear a lot of hats, right? You may be a programmer specifically, or maybe you're a writer. Whatever it is, you have to now be everything, right? And because you are likely not a marketer when coming into this, right? You may not understand that marketing is something that needs to be done. You know, because how are you going to know if no one tells you, right? I mean, maybe you can logic it out on your own, right? But that's going to be a bit harder. Yeah, a lot of people definitely not realize it. So you're, if you if you even like are looking up any marketing stuff, you're you're a step ahead of the game, right? And you know, just make sure that you do your research, right? Not just you know, you don't have to just market your game; you have to market your business as well, right? Uh, have a good branding stuff like that. Um, your brand essence or whatever it's called needs to be uh, needs to be good. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think that's. All I have, yeah. No, that that was very insightful. I think. I think. Uh, I think uh, I'll end up titling this something more like uh, the beginnings of the beginning of marketing. I don't know, or <laughs> marketing or Indian game, you know, one hundred and one or something like that. Because that was a good like case study, you know, of uh, mm-hmm. how to do it. Uh, before we move on to the next one, I would just like to say that uh, we want to go uh, live on Rumble. Rumble's uh, slowly adding live streaming for general uh users they started off in beta with like their biggest accounts of course uh just to test it out and test out the load and all that kind of stuff but they keep slowly expanding it to larger and larger bases of people now the thing is in its current phase it is a sort of pay-to-play thing to have live streaming on rumble so if you want to see us on rumble i know we have a large uh viewing on rumble a lot of people see our stuff on rumble and uh a lot of people are subscribing every day and that's awesome so if you are on rumble you're listening to this on rumble the best thing you can do for us 
is to support us so that we can get live streaming going on Rumble. So you can go to locals, uh, locals.com. You can search mixed media there, or there's a link in the description uh, to our locals page where you can support us for as low as $5 a month. Uh, in fact, if we just get one supporter, one supporter, I will pay the difference for uh, Rumble live streaming. If we get one awesome supporter to back our efforts to get Rumble live streaming. If not, if you're on Rumble, you have to go to our YouTube. Nasty, I know. <laughs> Got to go to our YouTube or our Twitch, also kind of gross, <laughs> uh, to uh, to view us live. So if you want to see us live on Rumble, gotta gotta support us and uh we'd be much appreciative i would thank you indefinitely uh and uh the first uh however many people i'm gonna say the first five people who uh join us on rumble will get permanent permanent as long as you're a good person there you go there it is whiteboard privileges yeah so there's the there's the plug there's the the shill (laughs) 